Hey everyone, welcome to a new interview episode of the Fashion Grunge Pod. I have a special guest with me today. I have Thea Glassman, who is an amazing author of the new book, Freaks, Gleeks, and Dawson's Creek. Hi. (laughs) How are you? Good, how are you doing? I mean, you know, it's more TV talk. I could do this all day. Yeah, it was such a joy for like two years to just watch teen television and just spend time in like the late 90s and early 2000s. I know. I mean, it's just such a pivotal time in television and there were so many great shows at the time. And you were you're you were a Freaks and Geeks fan, right? I sure am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am out of Okay, so in this book, I was going to say the book is now out. It came out I think like last, maybe like two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. Yeah, because I was like, I got a little bit early. So you focus on seven different shows from this era of television. So that's Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, My So-Called Life, Dawson's Creek, Freaks and Geeks, The O.C., Friday Night Lights, and Glee. So out of all of these, the three that I've seen and know the most about are My So-Called Life, Dawson's Creek, and Freaks and Geeks. Um, The O.C., I watched like the first season but there's been so much to do and like it's on my list to watch i've gone through so many now i have seen bits of fresh prince friday night lights and glee i have not seen an episode of but i want I'm gonna to put in such a passionate pitch for perfect yes i think friday night lights i actually didn't watch until the pandemic and i was oh. yeah so i was like so late on it and I'm not really a sports person. I don't know yeah, where you are in terms of sports, no, but I know nothing. Um, so I was like a little bit like, am I going to get into it? I was, I guess I became a sports fan. Like I was oh. like, so I was gripped. I, that, yeah. I mean, That's I cool. have to say, you know, those CNN documentaries they do about like television and they do lots of different decade recaps. They mention I think about the pilot of Friday Night Lights. And I won't give the main plot away for anyone who wants to see it. And I was like, I wish I didn't know that. Cause now I kind of want to see the show. Cause that immediately yeah, sets it, I, um, you know, in a different path. Yeah. I feel like they, um, I'm trying to think if that spoils it too much, but I, I think that the cool thing with that element, which like, if people have seen the show, um, I'm sure they were trying to do like the. <laughs> I know. Um, they were trying to do. They wanted to take this like super hot jock who has like the the like perfect life, and then just sort of turn it on its head, and you don't really see it coming, and and get people to to watch the next episode. It's so hard to get people to stay on board after the pilot. Yeah, that that is true. They do have that. It's really interesting to see the pilots of all these shows just independently and how they either change or don't change. I think Dawson's Creek had a huge one because it became such a massive show. Yeah. I think, yeah, right? The the pilot, what did you think of the, the pilot of Dawson's Creek? I, I love the pilot of Dawson's Creek. I mean, I think it's one of the best pilots ever and my so-called life i would say those two pilots are just they're like films you know it's um it's like so crazy seeing baby james vanderbeek and katie holmes and going back have you seen they also did like a j crew campaign before mm-hmm, the catalog pilot. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. It's it's so crazy too to think about. I remember, I don't know, I just turned 40 this year, so like I don't know how old you are in the spectrum. I watched Dawson Creek on TV and I was watching Buffy at the time and I remember those early or like maybe summer or like maybe like Christmas time when it was like this preview of the show and it was to like a third eye blind song. I'm still trying to find that exact trailer. It's like nowhere. I don't even know how I'm going to find it. Cause it was like all these clips of the pilot, but I was like, this is crazy. The amount of drama that they're showing here. Like, and they were like, this is going to change a generation. Like this is going to, I was like, okay, the show better be really good comes on after Buffy. And it was like that opening scene of just, it was just something you'd never seen before. It's funny, like with my so-called life, I feel like weirdly it it failed because they tried to make it kind of Dawson's Creek with the promos. They're like trying to pluck out the really like mm-hmm. drama juicy moments, but I don't really feel like my so-called life was about that. Like it was, no. they tried to make it almost like a, like a sexy teen drama, which it wasn't. Yeah, I know. It's so nuts to, to think that back then, like Beverly Hills 90210 was, like you mentioned, like that was the standard. Like that's what, the, they were like, this is what teens want. They want like wealthy kids and like a Beverly Hills that nobody lives in that's watching this. And they don't want like to see their real life. Like that's what they think. They thought we just didn't want to live our real life. Right. Which is why like I feel like Freaks and Geeks was such a joy because it was just everyone oh was so awkward and it was so painful. Um, and like, who got picked first in gym class? Like, I know I did not. I No, I definitely didn't. It was the most perfect casting. Like, that show is, like, a master class in casting and comedy and, like, such incredible writing. The, like, the casting director for that, Allison Jones, is, she's done, like, everything. She did The Office. Um, incredible. Eat. Yeah. She has like such just, a good eye. It's insane. Like, it feels like they've known each other forever. Like it, it definitely felt like we were just plopped into this year and we were like watching them. Like I, there was no growing pain at all. Like you could, I don't, I couldn't tell that like if anyone didn't get along, I couldn't tell, you know? So I was just like, it, it just, yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's almost like it's a little bit of a blessing. Maybe it didn't get a second season. I like sometimes I think, maybe good to leave it in this little like nostalgic perfect box and not Mm -hmm. see like what would happen next that's how i feel about my so-called life i i really like that both of those shows have one like perfect season like perfect season i think there was some conversations about having angela and brian krakow date in the second season Mm -hmm. um which like interesting I mean, I guess you have to move the characters around, right? I guess, like, it does eventually have to end with one. You can't keep them together throughout the entire show. But, I mean, the thing is, is that they would get married. Like, they would meet in college, theoretically, and probably end up getting married or date outside of college because they're both so mature. But in high school, it's like, you don't see what you need to have when you're, like, 30. You know what I mean? Like, you just wouldn't see that. That's why you want Jordan. Like, that's (laughs) how he's made. You know what I mean? And like Brian Krakow was so not the type of character that we were supposed to fall for. Like that was just not the archetype of a character um, that was like designed for, for us to yeah fall for. No, it was, it was before the Seth Cohen. Like it was, it was way before Seth Cohen became like, Oh wait, it's a nerdy guy, but we kind of like him now. And we kind of see like we should like him. 
Right. Whereas like Jordan Catalano was just, I did not see the merits after rewatching my so-called life. I remember thinking I saw a lot of merits in Jordan Catalano when I was young and watching that show. And now I'm like, wow, this guy is like awful. This is a horrible. Yeah. Yeah. He's terrible. I mean, I still, I can see it both ways. Like I just watched the pilot. I watched the pilot of the three shows that I like know the most before I was talking to you. And I was like, Oh yeah. I mean, just even how she describes seeing Jordan, you're just like, Oh yeah, I I remember. And then as the show goes on, you're like, Oh, that's right. Yeah. Like this is who you are. Yeah. So I'm just going to close the window because there's um, construction going on. So. Sorry about that. It's such terrible timing. No, it's okay. It's literally the one day that like my neighbor who has a motorcycle has now started it up and it hasn't <laughs> started up in like three weeks. I'm like, oh great, cool. At I this know, time. I always have to choose like the perfect timing. Yeah, yeah I'm like, okay, cool. Um, so yeah, so let's my first se- uh, series of questions before we get into the shows um, that you focus on in the book is outside of that, like what is your TV journey? Like when did you really first start watching TV? What other shows were you watching besides the ones you mentioned? So my TV journey was, I wasn't really allowed to watch TV growing up. We had like a tiny black and white television set that we kind of got in trouble, like if we watched it, <laughs> like, um, <laughs> but if you held the antenna a certain way, you could watch Friends um, oh. through like fuzz. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I fell in love with Friends. And I think I, I think I realized sort of the extent of how obsessed I was going to become with tv shows when i became so determined to find the apartment where they filmed uh monica and and rachel's house like i remember i would go home and just diligently search because i almost wanted to be in the show and that was like the closest (laughs) to being in it um so yeah friends i think was like a really really big one for me um but honestly like dawson's creek i think was the one that i that really I think I didn't realize the power of television until I started renting the DVDs of Dawson's Creek from Netflix and um, realized what it was like to just like stay up till three in the morning, like desperately wanting more and like clinging to every kiss and every like brush of the hand. It's true. It's such a great show. It really is. Like it really is. Season one in particular is just... I think it's just because they're figuring everything out and they're just kind of like, we have a loose story, but a really good story that we're going with. And it's just like the cinematography, like the costumes, like the season one just hits different as like the young kids say. <laughs> it is. It and does. it's like, I feel like it's Cape side at its finest. Like mm-hmm. it's like a, like a post, like a little like um, postcard. Yeah. Postcard it's, it's, um, yeah. It's amazing. I mean, you see less and less of it, I think as the show goes on or it's like kind of stock B roll. Cause you can kind of tell like when you get to like season three and stuff, you're like, okay, it's the same doc at sunset right. that they've used before. But in the first season, it's all new. Your everything is just like, Oh wow. Look at all these locations and the seasons, which is a big thing too, to have seasons in a show. And you're like, Oh, it's autumn. Cool. You know, like, Oh, it's spring. Did you ever um, go to Wilmington? I haven't. My best friend actually went the season. Okay, season 
end of season three into season four and that's when they painted dawson's room orange and she told me she went down like with her family and she was like telling me she's like oh my god you're never gonna guess we went to the dawson's creek set and i have to tell you this one thing that it's such a huge secret and nobody knows that they painted dawson's room it's not green anymore in next season it's gonna be orange when like joey comes back and i was like no way and i was like i think you're lying there's no way there's no way so then obviously when the show comes on i was like oh my god it is orange she was there so that was she got to go and she said it was really cool it's like i think you can still go right you can um so it's it's so it's crazy you go and you really you really do feel like you're transported back into the show you walk along that and then i i went to dawson's house which is very hard to get to and i don't necessarily oh. recommend it because you kind of like go down this and there was like the owners really i think turns out don't like people visiting oh, but no it way. is I did show up and it was, it's just like untouched by time, which is, which is crazy. Like the dock and the, all the patio furniture is still the wow. same. Um, we ate at uh, Pacey's restaurant along the water. Yeah. I think you would cool. get a kick out of it. Yeah. I mean, I totally want to do that. I want to go to Dollywood and I also do want to go to like where Dawson's Creek was filmed in Wilmington. I was like, that, that'll be a really fun road trip. That's not too far yeah like they're they're doable that's cool yeah i really want to go so okay so you mentioned dawson Creek. did you watch any other shows on the wb because wb was like the place the channel yeah i like i definitely dabbled in seventh heaven but it never really it never really hit for me i think yeah i've seen a few episodes yeah yeah there was like i'm trying to think what else i mean i was big like um Disney Channel, I remember, was like a real, oh, okay. like a, the Lizzie McGuire and um, even Stevens was a big one. And oh, like yeah, yeah. a little bit later, I mean, then I like discovered the OC. I feel like Dawson's Creek and the OC were my really big high school shows along with Gilmore Girls. But I don't know if we would necessarily classify that as a, as a high school show. Yeah, I never watched Gilmore Girls. I think I watched maybe like the first episode but that one was one that I didn't watch. I don't know when that, what, do you know what year that started? Gosh. What year did Gilmore was Girls start? Was that 2001? Oh, okay. So it was like after, it was yeah. like after 2000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, because I think I was, I know I was watching Felicity. That's a yeah. big one. That was like yeah. around the Dawson's era, which I always think that Felicity is Angela Chase in college completely oh whoa that's interesting totally i think so i think they have the same especially season one felicity where she's like kind of neurotic and like doesn't really know how to adjust to college life just yet i feel like angela may have a little bit of that when she would go to college if if what we know didn't happen in season two the hypothetical parents getting divorced that may have that may have changed the swing of things but if i think she's very much like felicity she's in her head a lot just like felicity is I thought one of like the tidbits that I really loved was finding out that Paul Feig watched the Felicity pilot yeah. and that's what inspired him to write Freaks and Geeks, which like, what? It would never know to me that, that, um, that we have Felicity to thank for Freaks and Geeks is kind of wild. I know. It's so weird how they're all connected. Yeah. Like they're all just so interconnected. Also the fact that Felicity was written by a man just like trips me out. Like, you really know, you must be raised, I don't even know, like, is it J.J. Abrams who yeah. wrote it? Okay. Yeah. You must have lots of sisters or just know a lot about women because he, I would, you would never convince me that wasn't written by a woman, like Felicity's character. And like Buffy too. Yeah, that's right. Joss yeah. Whedon. Yeah. 
it's That's um nuts. it's impressive and i it's like seems like a, it's i feel like it's like a rare feat that a man can write a woman very well yeah that well you yeah that and lots of again. lots of characters especially in in buffy it's like a mainly female cast the only men are very like second i mean i'm a buffy fan too so like don't let me go off on a tangent on Buffy but like they are very secondary characters too but also Joey is written very well I think from Kevin Williamson's standpoint yeah I feel like she was um when some of the like women came on board they kind of delighted in making her a little bit less of a I guess they I, I got the impression from some of the female writers that they kind of like fleshed out Joey a little bit more when they came on board I don't I don't know. I actually, I don't know how many female writers were on the first season. Um, but yeah, but there was a, like, it was, there's some little anecdote about how um, Katie Holmes like loved fashion, but Joey's wardrobe was never like anything to particularly write home about. And one of the writers, <laughs> like it was when Joey was going to Worthington college for a, um, oh, that yeah. soiree, the writer said to Katie, like, get yourself get a get a nice dress like you make that happen and like yeah got really excited and picked out like a like a one-time nice dress for joey to wear oh that's she got really cool clothes in college she did like, I she know, leveled I up jealous. Yeah. yeah she leveled up she had really cool clothes i was like where did this come from i thought she was supposed to be like struggling not that it's bad that she has cool clothes but like this doesn't seem like joey like how does she have a whole new wardrobe like right i'm school? like i now i want like hip hugger jeans <laughs> yeah and same with Jen, too. Like, Jen had really cool... She had a really cool, like... Well, her hair evolution was more interesting than anything else. Man, Jen season two hair was, like, what a ride. Yeah, it was I, I feel like for that was, like, to reflect the fact that her grandfather had died and they were... they were. Was that what was going on? She cuts her hair and she she's in kind of a bad place season two. Yeah, she's in a bad place after Dawson rejects her. And now he's with Joey. So she feels very, even more on the outside than she was before. And she tries to get him back and he like brutally rebuffs her. So then she like, you know, goes up with Abby, who I happen to love as a villain. Um, I just fun. love. Yeah, she's fun. That, that I remember just how shook I felt when she died. And when they zipped up the body bag, I like remember as a, as a teen, like at that time, it was just horrifying to me. I remember that moment. Yeah, I was just like, oh my god, like this is real. Yeah, it's true. I was really attached to Abby. I felt bad. I felt really bad. Um, okay, so you've talked about your like younger ages, but what about now? What shows do you watch now? Do you watch any interesting current shows? Um, I loved Jury Duty. Did you see Jury Duty? Oh, I started it, but I'm I'm loving it though. Yeah, it's I'm really, loving yeah. it. It's like I such love an interesting... James Marsden. Yeah, like it's like <laughs> such a um he's amazing in it. Yeah, um, he's so good it's i feel like they did something really fun and inventive and i love that uh the guys who from the office who did the two of the most uncomfortable episodes of the office scott's tots and dinner party uh, <laughs> wrote this show um i'm also like a chronic rewatcher because i feel like it's so soothing oh, same. Like, it's so soothing to rewatch. um oh, so like all a, the time yeah it's like there's something just you know what's gonna happen all the characters feel like your friends at this point um mm-hmm. so like friends 
Gilmore Girls, like Mindy Project. I'm a big fan of New Girl. Cool. Yeah. Cool. How, do you watch Yellow Jackets? No, I haven't seen it. <gasps> Is it? Oh my God. Yes. Out? You're going to pitch me Friday Night Lights. I'm going to pitch you Yellow Jackets. Okay. 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 So basically female cast. We're talking like Alive. If you've ever seen the movie Alive, it's like plane crash, survival, but it also balances two worlds. So it balances the actual plane crash of this soccer um, team. And then it also balances 25 years later after they're rescued. And it fills in gaps in between. So we still don't know everything. This is the end of season two. So I think they plan like a four episode or four season show. So we get like bits, but it's incredible. Christina Ricci. Juliette Lewis, Melanie Linsky, and then we have a bunch of new actresses that are playing the younger versions of them during this plane crash. Oh, and isn't this like the casting director completely nailed the younger versions where they look nailed it. exactly the mm-hmm. same? I'm so, Lauren I, Ambrose is in the new season, which she's new, which I love her from Six Feet Under. Um, so yeah, it's great. I am... Um, I do like, I don't do super well with violence on TV. That's my one. So that tends to kind of narrow my options. It's, this is okay. Like, well, it's, it's not violent. It's not violence, but it is a survival tale, but it's okay. not like, it's not violent as in like gunplay or anything like that, but it is dark. Let's put it that way. I will say it's dark, okay. but it, it's worth watching. Like it's worth watching. I think if you watch the first one, you'll know if you are interested in the, in the show. Are we talking kind of like lost I never watched Lost. Okay. A lot of people said good that you didn't because I think it was such a long haul. And like, the, it's almost like I'm in the middle of Game of Thrones, a first time Game of Thrones watcher. So I've already heard all the chatter of like, we didn't like how it ended. But so far I'm liking it. But I heard that with Lost. Were you a Lost person? So I started to try to watch Lost. Um, and again, it's like the it's like the violent stuff I like just don't oh, do well with. Violent. And then I'm chronic. I'm really bad about this. I just go and I read all the spoilers. And, um, which like also reading law spoilers was, was not helpful. Like I didn't understand half of what was going yeah, on. It's like it was a all mystery, this like sci-fi. Yeah. Um, it definitely, it was, a, it was a good show. It was, it was just like, I couldn't, it was, I was going to be in it for the long haul. And I didn't know if I had that in me, but good on yeah. you for Game of Thrones. That's a, that is a long haul. That you're yeah. Getting. I mean, I'm in season five, but it's taken me months. I mean, I yeah. don't like, I'm not binging it, but. I didn't watch it when the whole world was watching it. And so many people were talking about it all the time. And I was like, I don't watch this. <laughs> Do you like but, yeah. know most of what's going to happen? No. I know I haven't been spoiled. No, I don't know how it ends or like why, what people didn't did or didn't like about it. So I'm watching it as a new, yeah, I'm not reading anything about it. I'm just like, okay, let me just see what happens. But it's pretty good. I don't think it's crazy, yeah. but I mean, it's, it's good. It's a good show. Yeah. It is very violent though. It's way more violent than I was sold. Like, I don't think I was told that it was this violent. I don't like, like okay necessary violence. It It's, I I mean, I'm like, okay, I guess it's, this is the era, right? Like we're talking like medieval, like this is based around like a power struggle. And like, I know it's based in some kind of, you know, reality somewhat, but I just, yeah, if it helps the story, okay. But the budgets, I mean, they're spending like, 50 million on like one episode. I mean, it's insane. And like the gratuitousness of the violence is the thing that it's too much. It doesn't need to be, but I get that it's HBO and they have no censors, you know, so they can just do whatever they want. Like obviously shows like, this is why these shows are so great from the nineties. Cause it's like the writing was so good. 
you just had to be in it with the writing and the characters. Right. And like what I, I like love, I love that so many of the writers, these teen shows were their first gigs and then they went yeah. on to these incredible careers. But these, these were such that these shows were such boot camps for them to um, turn into the writers that they were like Greg Berlanti got his start on Dawson's Creek. And now he, like he's a producer and writer on every like every yeah. big Riverdale. Uh, did you watch Riverdale? I did. I watched the first God, I watched the first three seasons. I watched it until it started to get supernatural. Same. I was gonna yeah. say I stopped right when I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and I hate to say it, Luke Perry was like the somehow the glow and aura of that show. And when he died and the way he left the show, like unknowingly, like the way they had filmed, you know, the season already. But like something was missing when he wasn't in this after going forward. It was pretty good with, you know, them dealing with that in the show. But there was something missing that was like those first three seasons are great. Great mystery, great characters. You know, I liked it. And like the the aesthetics, I feel like I was very drawn to that. Like the production design was very was very fun like it was like twin peaksy um, yes exactly mm. <laughs> yeah which is another show that i've started and have not watched and my all my friends were like you would love david lynch and i was like okay but i just it hasn't hit for me mm. yet maybe after game of thrones you'll see you'll see how you're feeling yeah maybe i think that might be that might be the next one um oh and some other things i wanted to know is what other movies because we basically review 90s movies so what movies did you watch growing up Oh man. Um I think I watch The Princess Diaries every single day. Oh, I like, love that movie. Every day. <laughs> it's so good. It I don't know what it was about that movie, but I loved that movie. Um I'm trying to think of the other um the other big ones. Were you like a clueless person or an Empire Records person? I loved Clueless. I remember being very confused about the plot line. Like, I remember being like, even at that age, being like, can we justify that her and Paul Rudd are dating I, now? And like, yeah, I know. About that. <laughs> I it is really weird. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm trying to think of what other movies. I was also like, like an old, like my parents had VHS tapes of like some like it hot and the odd couple like sort of those old same movies. i watched those too my mom uh brought me up on all the oldies too yeah like, like jack lemon walter Matthau, um mm-hmm. like a I lot of the odd couple yeah that was um it's just it's so the first like was it like 20 minutes of just the card game like just the opening of the card game is just classic like you don't even need any context for anything it's it's like you see where larry david and all of these guys like pull their comedy references from because it's so in that vein of like just funny the like that scene with the pigeon sisters was also so brilliant it's <laughs> <That's laughs> so funny when Jack Lemon is in the restaurant and he gets like, is he gets the hiccups, I think, or something. And, and like his just... ears, his ears are blocked. Yeah. <laughs> like... I think you don't see those, those moments in movies these days, like those really brilliant comedy gems. I, I don't really feel like I see when I go to theaters anymore, which is a little disappointing. No, especially theaters. Like it's in TV and Mike White is one of the like incredible crossovers in Freaks and Geeks and Dawson's Creek. Yeah. And that's why yeah. everyone loves White Lotus because this guy knows how to write. 
Yeah, I love, I know, I love that <laughs> reference that it was Mike White who, who got his start. I mean, I, I, I think the impression I get is that Dawson's Creek was not a, the right fit for him. He didn't like really respond to the material, but that Freaks and Geeks was where he really shined, like wrote um, that really heartbreaking episode, I think about where we go back to Kim Kelly's house and you just, you see where she's yeah. living and it's like, I think like, like it got pretty dark by Freaks and Geeks standards. Mm-hmm. I love that episode with Ann Dowd. Like as yeah, her yeah, as her yeah, yeah. mom, like yeah, it's great. I mean, it's a great episode, but it is really dark that we see her home life. We also see the home lives of Daniel. His is also mm-hmm. not that great either. I think you see like a little bit of it in one of the episodes, and also Nick. I mean, Nick Andopoulos is my personal like life coach. I love Nick Andopoulos so much. Um, he's just perfect. I love him. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah, Jason Siegel really is something else it's so fun to actually that's another show shrinking i've been watching or the season shrinking and i think he's great in that um but it was interesting talking to garth ansier who was the guy who canceled freaks and geeks and he mentioned that episode the really dark episode with kim kelly and he said he said something like ah, we're already seeing just all these like horrible moments happening with these kids at school and now we're seeing all these horrible moments happening with their parents and that was like another little sort of uh check mark against them they just didn't know it was just it seemed with my so-called life it was just like it was too soon and then the fact that claire danes too was just like i'm really young and like i don't want to spend like five years making like two more seasons of like 26 episodes like i would like to play another character at some point yeah, and like I feel like the thing that Garth said cuz he was he was there when they greenlit Dawson's Creek was the methodology he did for Dawson's Creek was they picked a time slot and they were like we are not moving it from here. And then but with my so-called life and freaks and geeks they didn't do that. They moved yeah. it all over the place. Nobody knew when it was going to be on the air. I feel like Dawson's Creek it seemed like when they screened the pilot that people immediately like it, it just struck with so many people that there was no doubt that it was going to be big and i feel yeah. like it wasn't it wasn't the same for either one my so-called life or freaks and geeks people were like uh i don't know like this might be kind of it was like subversive because it just hadn't been seen before but dawson's creek was like the only thing that was different was like maybe their speech right you know but everything else was like boy girl friend like we've seen that kind of setup before so it wasn't new but the other ones it's like this sardonic look at high school and kind of like saying the truth that not everybody is a jock they're kind of like we don't want that we want people to be winners you know that's what i imagine right. it was always like. right it was always that note like why can't there be more victories and paul mm-hmm. Heath and judd apatow were like no, that's not how high school works. There's not really that many victories. Or you'll have little victories along the way that often just involve like your friends making life a little bit a little bit better for you. Um, the the best, I think one of my favorite storylines in Freaks and Geeks is like when Sam finally does get Cindy, she ends up being like crazy conservative and he's just like, oh shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was literally that was one of my favorite story arcs. And I was I was so curious. I mean I guess this is kind of outside of like, this is before Cindy falls from grace entirely, but I was so curious about the fart moment when she, um, when she moves on that chair and one of the writers talked about how 
Well, I think the writer had talked, her name is Patty Lynn, and she talked about how um, she had this idea to start like deconstructing Cindy, like maybe she burps or she has a little mustache or something. <laughs> and then Judd Apatow pitched the idea, oh, like, what if she farts? And Patty was like, like, oh, we, I don't think we can do that. <laughs> and they did it, which was like also such a, like, a weirdly subversive moment for television yeah. to leader do that. <laughs> Especially when, like, Bill tells, like, Neil and, and Sam. And they're like, no, no way. Like, <laughs> girls don't do that. <laughs> He's like, I'm telling you, it happened, it happened. <laughs> so a funny. small, brilliant moment of TV. It really is. I mean, I, I'm also so glad for everyone out there listening. It is available, readily available on, what, Hulu now? And maybe, like, Freaks and Geeks is and somewhere else. Dawson's Freak is available, like, pretty much almost yeah. everywhere. Yeah. But Freaks and Geeks for so long, it was on Netflix a few years ago. Same with My So-Called Life. And then they disappeared. And then there was, like, this five-year period where Freaks and Geeks wasn't streaming. Now, me, like a nerd, have the DVDs. But still, I mean, it's not the most convenient thing to, like, pull them out all the time. So then it got back on Hulu. And the stipulation was that it, the music had to be retained. Because the music is so incredible in Freaks and Geeks. So well, I'm glad for and that. The, at the end of the pilot, um, the Come Sail Away um, mm-hmm. was amazing. <laughs> that was like, what a what a yeah. classic moment in television. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, And just all of them, like the Grateful Dead in the end and like how that, like how Lindsay connects with that album. And she just gets like really, you know, like that they play it throughout the episode and like it closes with it. Like, it's just perfect. I loved um, one of the interviews with with Paul Feig where he talked about how um, he was listening to the Grateful Dead as he wrote that scene, which sort of I like love the image of him listening to the song that Lindsay's listening to in the show. It's like sort of nice little layered meta moment. Yeah. Yeah, let's if we're going to have to go out, let's go out in style. Let's, let's make her a deadhead and, and just completely kind of disappoint her parents one last time. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. And the fact that she's with Kim too is great. Like the uh, fact that yeah. she goes with Kim. I love it. I'm just like, I love busy Phillips too. I love that she was also in Dawson's Creek. Um, I know. I feel like she, I almost like was expecting her to just pop up in, in various shows. And I just saw on Instagram that she mentioned that she did audition for Glee as well. Um, oh wow so it was right after she had her daughter so that would have been a nice even three I know yeah it's it's so crazy like I also have to say so I focused a lot on the shows that I know but what about the other shows like what made you pick the seven like what did these seven kind of have together yeah so it was a couple of things I was looking for shows that were groundbreaking at the time that took a lot of risks that were brave that I felt like I could make an argument that they shaped TV. Like I wanted to be able to make a solid argument about that. I also got really excited to create a narrative where, where the stories of various people overlapped throughout the show. So that was so fun. Like um, the costume designer of um, my so-called life, Patrick Norris, um, he like learned how to direct on that show and he directed Claire Danes and Jared Leto's first kiss. And uh, years later he became a director on the OC and he took that kind of naturalistic feel that he learned on my so-called life, which for Jared and Claire, he didn't have them rehearse the kiss. He really wanted it to feel so awkward and um, truthful. And then when he, he ended up directing 
Ryan and Marissa's first kiss and he did the same thing. He didn't tell them. He didn't say like, give them any directions. He just said, go for it. And it was like just as awkward and truthful um, as you would hope for. So that was sort of, that was fun finding characters throughout the different shows um, and finding shows that just did like weird original things. And, you know, like shows like Friday Night Lights, I think could be classified as a teen show, but it was so like you could, and a, an adult can watch it. Like I also wanted to pick shows that I felt like transcend just a teen audience yeah i mean i I also noticed that too that the older that i get the more that i'm now watching more of the parents dynamic i was like mentioning this in the other episode like now i'm like wait mitch and gail like what's going on here like this is crazy because obviously i was like 15 i was like i don't care about the parents like whatever so you see a lot of different layers with the parents in these shows now it's so funny yeah i remember i used to kind of almost want to fast forward the parents moments during the when i was younger i was like let's all right let's get to the, Mm -hmm. the jen and dawson but yeah, I, I I feel like they did a good job of writing my so called my so called life. I feel like they did a really good job with the parents. So good. I have so many so many arcs. Like how we all hated Patty. Like I hated Patty. I was like, God, she's such a drag. And now that I get older, I'm like, man, she's really going through a lot. Yeah. Like she doesn't even know that like her husband is like halfway like stepping out, mm-hmm. but not really but maybe, and she's met the woman. Like she's actually going through a lot that's coming at her that she doesn't realize that now we're seeing, oh, it's coming out in this like, like really control she's trying to have on everything because everything's like kind of falling apart. It is, it is so funny to revisit these shows and see the characters who you maybe didn't respond to when you were younger and then see who you respond to now. Like I remember watching the OC and responding a lot to Ryan and I, mm-hmm. I on my rewatch, that was not really a character. I, um, I, I had a new appreciation for Sandy. Um, I feel like, yeah, it is. Oh, it is I love Sandy. Sandy. <laughs> I mean, I have kind of a crush on Peter Gallagher. I think even back in the day I did. I was like, oh, it's like the hot dad. He's got like the cool hot dad. Yeah, he, yeah, he was so dreamy, which I think I didn't really process at the time as a teen. Um, <laughs> same for like even watching same, Friends, I, I remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mitch, I was um, like, Gail, why? Like, this is your husband. What's going on here? He's not done anything wrong that we know of. So, like, what, Bob? Really? Like this brazen in the hallway? Like, girl, what's going on? Gail, come on. How did you feel when Mitch died? I was so incredibly sad and upset, but I do have to say that redeemed the Dawson character for me because Dawson, I was never a Dawson girl. I was always Pacey all day. Dawson was insufferable. If you watch this going back um, and you're like, you know, 30 plus and you're watching like how he's talking to Joey when they're dating and how he talks to women in general, it's kind of abhorrent. You're just like, wow, he needs everything for himself. And he does he's very selfish, ex- extremely Joey also can be too. I mean, let's, when, when it comes to Pacey, they don't have a perfect relationship. I, um, I was never a big Joey fan. I was, I would get frustrated with Joey. I feel like she, um, I remember after her and Pacey kissed for the first time and instead of just kind of like handling it in an adult way, she starts like shoving him and she gets mad at him. It was just all these I I was always a Jen girl. I was a, a Jen I girl at Jen. heart. Yeah. 
I hated what they did with Jen and Henry. I mean, I do love Michael Pitt. He's like one of my favorite actors, but I was like, can't we give her like a real guy? Like, can't we give her like a guy that's not like either really young and immature and now she's got to like teach him about life. Like then the old boyfriend comes back. I was like, can't she just get this like nice, normal guy? I think like one of the things that I found interesting because I felt the exact same way was one of the directors talking about how Michelle Williams kind of pulled him aside after season one. And she's like, I don't, I think like, I don't know what's going to happen to Jen now. She's not really in this love triangle anymore. And there was, I think a concern, like a fair concern on her part that she was a little bit sidelined in the, the foursome. Mm-hmm. And which is crazy to think now, cause it's Michelle Williams. Like look like Oscar nominated yeah. like four times. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like make as, make as much use of her as possible. I mean, she had a really incredible, I was just talking about this the other day. She had a really incredible story arc for her, for the time, for like 98, 99. Like she, in the first season, she mentions like having a pregnancy scare, losing her virginity at 12, uh, drinking to the point where she is possibly assaulted, like where she doesn't remember like these. And then when we see the boyfriend come back in season one, that man looks like 30. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. He's not whatever. What is she? 15, 16. Like also the age. What did you think about the, the teacher storyline with Pacey and Tamara pretty normalized for quite a while yeah. until the lid gets blown. Yeah. It's so funny. I, I truly, I think when I first watched it, I didn't think that much of it. I, I mean that's scary that I didn't either yeah yeah but I also feel like it's so I, I do think it was pretty like juicy at the time like I feel like they were yeah, it was. um they were pulling out all the tools they they needed to try to get an audience in that first season I think that teacher student storyline really worked to their advantage um when he's uh he says some quote when I'm the man you'll never have. I can't remember. Yeah, I'm the best sex you'll never have. Yes, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, that's fine. The thing is, everything that he did was totally normal. The fact that she, like, she kisses him first. She kisses him in the pilot. And you're just like, what? And then she immediately is like, oh, my God. I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, that was... That was bad. And then I was so happy when Andy got introduced because then I was like, that... So I was, I was an, I was an Andy girl too. I was I not was, an, I was not really? an Andy girl. No, I, I mean, okay. I'm, I'm a fan of her in the way that she shaped Pacey. I'm not like totally against her. I think her character definitely served a purpose, but I feel like she was just a little too like mom. She was a little too like, I guess she'd probably seen a lot, which is probably her character mm-hmm. too. She was a bit more like mature than the rest of them. Because she'd had to like take care of her mom, her brother's kind of aloof over here, you know. So she had seen more, but I guess at the time I wasn't really an Andy girl. Now I don't mind her. I mean, she's yeah. cool. Yeah, I feel like he was always looking for that sort of authority figure uh, that was an attraction for him, mm-hmm. and maybe he sort of he out, likes strong. He likes like the that. strong girls. Oh, wow, they really too. took. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which I also respect. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's, I like that. Cause that, that was a little bit, I feel like rare yeah. at the time too. I feel like Dawson says he does, but he doesn't. No. Although how, um, we got Sa- Sasha, Alex, I loved Gretchen. Gretchen was another one who was a strong, was a strong, I felt like female character. I They, they had some really great supporting, supporting mm-hmm. cast who would kind of come in and, um, 
then they had to be written out because like we need to just refocus back on on the yeah. Joey and Pacey Dawson of it all. And the Joey and Pacey, I think of everyone just wanted more of them and their downward trajectory. I, I find like very sad, especially the prom. Oh, Thanks for listening to the Fashion Grunge podcast. To hear the rest of this episode, go check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash fashion grunge. And we have 90 episodes up there, including complete series recaps of Freaks and Geeks, My So-Called Life, tons of movies, and just a ton more content. So go check it out. As always, rate, like subscribe please give us five stars on apple Podcasts and spotify and thanks bye